Hello and welcome to And the Winner Was. My name is Joel Winstead and this is my journey. I'm watching every Best Picture winner in order starting in 1927 with Wings. With each episode, I'll be covering a different film with a different guest. With me today for the third time is Asheville Movie Zone, Edwin Arnauden. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me in the um, Triple triple Crown Club. Triple Crown Club. You're the second one. I just had Jim Rosario on a couple episodes ago. He was the first one to enter. So two Asheville guys. Yeah, we're putting in work. <laughs> today we're talking Going My Way, directed by Leo McCary. Story by Leo McCary. Screenplay by Frank Butler and Frank Cavett. Starring Bing Crosby and Barry Fitzgerald. Winner of the 1944 Best Picture. Uh, Edwin, have you seen this movie before? This was the first time viewing for me. Oh, good. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where did you find it? I got it through my local library system. Used the NC Cardinal system and got the DVD. Uh How about yourself? I had to rent it on Amazon for couple okay. of bucks was it a good yeah. transfer it was pretty good transfer yeah it was solid it started out with like a universal logo and i was like oh this isn't good and then it went over to the um oh. paramount um, nice. but yeah it was uh it was a good transfer uh it was sharp and crisp um not that it needed to be but <laughs> so how was the sound how was your sound um it was, Mine was it was decent yeah yeah did, did you have some like issues on your side there's just like a lot of static anytime there was like mm-hmm. no noise it was just like a lot of static and i don't know if that was my transfer or if that was just like the trend like the the film itself it's probably yeah it was probably whatever um bezos was was dealing up to you i think um <laughs> but i mean you know because we're you, you you hear that on a lot of old movies that kind of uh, right. static crack, crackle sound but usually right. yeah that's kind of um buff, buffed off over time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so the movie starts and bing crosby comes to town and like as soon as i heard about the church being in trouble <laughs> and as soon as crosby hit the screen I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like from start to finish, mm-hmm. I was just waiting for like the weird love interest. Even there was a Catholic priest. I was waiting for, I was waiting for all these things to happen. And sure enough, they all did. Um, you know, I, like from the very beginning, like it's just like, mm-hmm. I, I knew it was going to happen. Um, but, you know, maybe, you know, in 1944, this, you know, hadn't been done with all the tropes and this and that, you know, uh but i mean i still you know we'll get into it but i still i still enjoyed the ride for the most part but um but yeah like what what were your first impressions when it once it got started yeah because it um definitely predictable like you say you can just kind of see these tropes. but i was just um one of the films that i was getting vibes from was um the Bishop's Wife, which was then remade as The Preacher's Wife with Denzel Washington mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Whitney Houston, because it's kind of a similar, you know, person uh, with, with like a new perspective comes in and kind of is able to help right. out a str- struggling church. And then I felt like even Bing Crosby's exit at the end kind of reminded me of how uh, those angel characters kind of departed the scene. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there, and but that was, I mean, Bishop's Wife wasn't until three years later. So this was kind of a first time thing there but honestly that the beginning i thought we were going to be in for a comedic masterpiece because um just <laughs> something with the, the the timing the the timing of everything that bing crosby's character was going through you know it's like he's mm-hmm. playing it playing baseball on the street with these kids and then this window right. gets broken and so just right. sort of this r- really good classic um you know just kind of zany comedy and then when he's going to retrieve the baseball underneath this truck you know and then obviously he gets yeah hit, hit with a lot of street water and so i was like okay right. like if, if the whole thing is going to be like this and leo yep. mccary previ- you know previously did duck soup and so he's got those mm-hmm. comedic history working with the march mm-hmm. brothers so i thought maybe but um that's not really the movie that we end up getting no no <laughs> I, you know it does it kind of like has like these little like micro tonal shifts 
throughout yes. the movie. Like it all, it all very much is the same kind of tone and story. It's very like sweet, and it's like a, it's like an episode of Ted Lasso, like on steroids. Like everyone's very nice, and everyone gets along for the most part, and any problems get resolved very quickly. Um, but I didn't like. I, I was kind of like on guard because like he kept getting put in situations to like resolve them or to like to mm-hmm. like show that he knows how to like handle things um right. and he has like that perfect spin to handle every situation um what, what i really want to know is based on this encounter with the baseball <laughs> how does an atheist throw <laughs> throw a ball <laughs> he's like oh you throw like an atheist I would I would think very well, but I'm guessing in 1944 during you know the uh, tail end of World War II, you know I don't know that um, I don't know pro- probably more believers on the field I think than, than <laughs> <laughs> probably so probably so <laughs> worth noting in like obviously like I in in you know I was watching the movie I was like either the Hayes Code directed this movie or like right. Leo McCary or Leo McCary is like the most devout Catholic of all time and it turns out that uh mccary is a very devout catholic okay um and wanted to make a movie about how you know you can be like a good catholic person Mm. and but still like you know (laughs) whatever um but you know call it saccharine call it whatever (laughs) you want to call it but you know 1944 it's world war ii there's a lot of you know a lot going on. I know a lot, a lot of people this year, maybe almost as much as the Citizen Kane year, you know, cry foul for double indemnity not being sure. the winner this year. But there's a lot to be said about the attitude of the time and people wanting mm-hmm. to kind of escape, you know, the the dodginess and the the you know hard times and the you know they don't want want that they're living it they don't want to see it you know. Yeah, it's, it definitely provides that escape and that happy ending and sort of, um, yeah, just what everybody wanted for the allies at that time. And so you're just kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah, you know, it's, and they even have some rah-rah military um, parts with, with with a supporting character, too, that I thought was just very, so very forced. forced. <laughs> oh, my God. It, yeah, it was yeah. like the studios were like, we need to we need to have, you know. We need to have yeah, that pro, in the pro military side. Yeah, we need to. We yeah. need a, We need a military hero that gets a um, uh, sort of strange war wound and has to. <laughs> right. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, it was. And then I, I think I, I was looking over that year because I'm like, what else was nominated? And it was not a great movie year. It didn't seem. But I mean, like I say, considering the circumstances, it makes sense. You've got resources and minds uh, elsewhere, especially this this far into the war. But I think. Um, yeah. The the, the other standout film i saw that was nominated was um auto preminger's lara have you seen that the the film noir from that year um i have not seen that but you said it was nominated or was it just it came out that year i um i it was nominated i i'm i think it was nominated for best picture it was up for a couple other things but um it was it, what was it called? Lara? I have never seen Lara. it. It definitely wasn't. It wasn't nominated for Best Picture okay. in '44, but it may. Have, it was up for other awards, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. So it that won was the cinematography, other kind of but yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a classic. But that that that's another one that's very um, dark and cynical, like Double mm-hmm. Indemnity. So you got these like two classic film noirs going up against the uh, you know crowd crowd pleaser of the year, and right, yeah. right, the, the biggest money maker of the year. Yeah, I mean, I know that um, David Selznick, our friend from uh, <laughs> Gone with the Wind, he had a big movie called Wilson this year that he would like. Mm-hmm. He put like a lot of his eggs in that basket, and then once it kind of became clear that Going My Way was kind of going to run away with some things, then he started putting all of his eggs in like the acting categories. And uh, did, did I don't even think that the acting. I don't think that Wilson won any acting, but it's about you know, but it's about Woodrow Wilson. It was like this big epic, and he okay. had a lot of. Um, there was like a lot of. Selznick was very much loud and and um, didn't really go his way that year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that and like double and then like the remake of Gaslight uh, was also nominated this year. Um, so, 
but also, you know, this is the first year they went from 10 nominees down to five. So starting in 44, it's five nominees until I think until like 2009 after right. the Dark Knight didn't get nominated, and they're like, let's just do 10 now. Uh, uh, but yeah, but then you would probably get your um, your Lauras and, mm-hmm. and things like that coming up. But um, back to going my way, there was there, there were these like, I could tell that it was trying to be like this saccharine, sweet, nice movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's rumors, un- unfounded rumors that like, you know, Leo McCary, you know, knew what he wanted to do, but wasn't like that great of like a um, writer or maybe yes. even like a director. And so like he would just show up and nobody wanted and then they would just be like, let's just do this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like I feel like I can kind of see that in a lot of the situations, because like in, in one scene, the mortgage man's son calls his dad a heel and how terrible he is for kind of putting the church's feet to the fire for right. getting back their their mortgage that you know they're the behind on and then like a couple scenes later the mortgage man's son is bragging about his dad and says that he's following his dad's <laughs> footsteps and you know uh it just like it's switched like right like that like you know um I don't know. It was just, it was kind of weird to see things like, and like those kind of things happened throughout the movie where one thing didn't necessarily justify the other. Um, did you catch it? Does that. Yeah. It, it feels kind of oddly episodic and, and, and that, that would make sense for kind of why it's sort of like, Oh, mm-hmm. well let's just, you know, try to figure out this idea and then we'll kind of mm-hmm. patch it together later and make it sort of make sense. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it kind of impedes the focus for a while. I was like, well, how, how is this going to come into play? And, you know, when, when are we actually going to get to saving this church? Like I thought the main conflict was that it was so far behind on the mortgage and then the, right. the, you know, mortgage lender senior wanted to be like the, the first ever church shut down i really thought it was i really thought he was going to be way more um proactive about that and just kind of butting his head yeah. in there and yeah. that that yeah like, like you said he kind of got pushed to the side and then has this kind of strange too good to be true uh frank yeah. capra-esque transformation yeah. eventually yeah. um and, like, it's like yeah. night and day yeah like, oh gosh it was <laughs> well because even in like the Capra movies, there's like an inciting incident. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, with with that with that character, the the morg- the evil mortgage man, like he changed his mind. I think after like a song, like a, he sings a song, and then he's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna change my ways. <laughs> you know, because he was like really against his son dating that girl, and then he ended up getting married, and like he was like against it the entire time. Like he's been the villain, the only kind of villain type figure of this entire movie. And then literally like within like a matter of a minute and a half, two minutes, he changes mm-hmm. his mind and then he, he finances the new church. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's like next level. It's like, it's like Capra times a million, but you know, that's kind of like, it feels like Leo was like, well, you know, this needs to happen. This is the part of the movie needs to happen. Or and it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's like, well, we have Bing Crasby. So, how can we like, how can we transition this into like a musical scene? You know, like some of, some of the musical scenes felt really forced. Yeah. And they just kind of, again, like especially early on kind of disrupted the flow. It's sort of like when he, when he right. has that kind of singing lesson with um, Carol, the the 18 year old girl. And um, it's just, yeah. I'm like, how, I'm like, how, how long is this going to last? You know, and it kind of outstays right. its welcome a little bit and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> she's going to come back in and again, like, yeah, when, when she does with, with junior, it's, it's very, I didn't, right. I didn't buy that either. It just seemed very mm-hmm. strange because being Crosby's coming in there is sort of being like the, I know better. And this is a bad match. And then, Oh, I know. The yeah, next thing the, we know, he, he marries them off screen and we're right. Like, and it's just like, what <laughs> you went over to their house and like, we're interrupting them. And also like, Gene Heather and then the guy that plays Junior, they're only like a year apart in age. Like so like they're very close in age. Okay. Yeah. And um and I think that plays. Like I don't think I don't feel like it was that creepy. No, no, no. The relationship. But like every time that you see them on screen, they're definitely like 
post-coital. Like they definitely yeah, have yeah. like just bang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like you could definitely tell. But like the 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 dad kind of like coming in on them as they're like, you know, he comes out of the shower, he's got his bathrobe on and and it the the whole thing just kind of felt forced and, and meandering and and you know lingering too long on scenes and lingering too too long on on numbers and then like add you know like not only will they sing a song but then they'll sing like two or three verses of it and it's just right, like right. and then the, the one time that Ben Crosby goes and sees his friend play at the Met mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and he he sees her on one side of the stage and then the kind of the action moves to the other side of the stage and he kind of like backs out of the wing you think he's gonna leave no he goes to the other side of the stage right. to watch it from the other side I was like he's I thought going. we were he's done <laughs> Like, well, here's this new wrinkle, yeah, and kind of, I don't know. It's like, oh, yeah, this person I used to know is this famous opera singer, and so here's our here's our way into the money, and it's just like, okay, right. here we go, convenient, convenient. And it kind of, yeah, just gets further and further away from what I think is the strength of the film, which is um, Bing Crosby's, you know, kind of upstart father O'Malley, and then... Mm-hmm. Um, Barry Fitzgerald as you know the the old wizened um, right. Father Fitzgibbon, just sort of this generational clash at at the parish and just kind of right. how you know you know little kind of tisk tisk and one upmanship and yeah, but also at the same time it's like you know the the old priest is kind of charmed by some of the things mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Father O'Malley's doing. Like I think one of my favorite scenes was. Um, I guess early in the film, O'Malley had jumped over the hedge that leads into the <laughs> right, right. and then, like you know, and then here's this guy who's, I guess, I don't know, I I figured he was probably about seventy. The yeah, I mean, it's got to be in his seventies, yeah. Because you say he's been there for forty five years, and he came over from Ireland when forty five years, <laughs> you know, and then he like kind of looks at jumping over the hedge and kind right. of right, he kind of like wiggles, like, makes like, a little movement, yeah, he's like, oh no, 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 like you can just see him crashing and breaking a hip or something but uh yeah i don't know did, did, were, were you generally charmed by their rapport yeah yeah i i think that bing crosby is just being bing crosby in the movie like I, I i thought he was fine you know he's just being bing crosby but i thought that barry fitzgerald as father fitzgibbon steals the show you know he he's yeah. he's definitely like he pops on screen like he's he's fun to watch he's he's silly but he's, he's also very like you know He's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of business, you know. He, yeah. Whether he's, you know, he's being father Irish, make Irishin, or if he's, you know, if you know, he. I like how he entertains like the the church gossip ladies, and um, right. you know, he's very dismissive of you know like things that are very obviously true, and um, you know, he, he he dismisses you know the the naughty kids because he's like well they're good irish boys he comes from a family of 11 you know it's like oh they're good irish you know people and they procreated 11 times so they're they're fine um, I mean, tur- turkey thieving is okay yeah no, no. <laughs> yeah but that was a great scene too where he's like well what is it that they've stolen it's like turkeys and he's like did the poor man get all his turkeys back and they're like all but one <laughs> uh, <laughs> But you know, it's just like it's kind of like that. It's like a, it's like you know, it's like seventh heaven. There's a moral lesson, a Christian moral lesson at the end of every, at the end of every episode. You know, all all atheists are bad, are the bad guys. You know, non non spiritual people are the are the bad guys. Um, you know, and it's 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 such a spiritual movie. Like this is like mm-hmm. a far like this is like a right wing movie. But it's not it's not preachy, right? K- kind of to a point. It it, mm-hmm. it is a little bit just, but it's not like it's not like the preachiness of like today. Like Kurt Cameron's not gonna like be like, "Hi, I'm mm-hmm. Kurt Cameron," and during this 15 minute intermission, we're gonna talk to you about the Lord. But like it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's very yeah. I mean, how, how did you feel about that? <laughs> well, um, it kind of reminded me of. When the um, uh, when when these young life counselors came to our high school, sure. uh, I don't, I don't know, did, did did you have young life? Um, I'm very in, familiar in with, with that. Sure, yeah, yeah. 
And, um, you know, it was all like, yeah, come on and hang out. You know, this is a cool group. We're going to get ice cream. You know, we're going to go <laughs> ride in the back of, um, you know, uh, the, the, the main dude's Jeep and, you know, and right. do all this fun stuff. And so that was sort of, I, I felt like Bing Crosby's character was kind of like a prototype of the, the, the young right. life counselor. He's like, right. yeah, religion's cool. It's not all, you know, like lower chords on the piano. It's, you know, it's like, it's, right. the, it's the high stuff. And so right. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like he's, and he's doing that with a lot of the community members. He's like, yeah, I'm the hip priest. I'm going to, you know, but then, right. Once, if he brings them to the church, then that's going to be like, oh, well, here's the meat and potatoes, and here's you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, you know, blood, blood of Christ in, in your face, all this stuff. <laughs> and so, like, whoa, you know, and yeah. that's very, very similar to the young life thing. It's like, and then once you're in, it's like, oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> uh, but all this, all this stuff kind of happens. A uh, fast in the movie, you know. Yes, he writes like a, a number one song, um, sells it. Um, he meets these kids and whips them all into shape in like you know one little session. Mm-hmm. And we never really see a Sunday, a, a, like a church service, until yeah. the end of the movie. But they've never really kind of talked about church. Did all of this happen within a week? <laughs> Did all this happen when Fabio from when when Bing Crosby comes to town to that mm-hmm. Sunday? Did all of that? Did this like entire movie take place like before the first like <laughs> Sunday? It's, I mean, I don't. It's hard to say because, like you say, we we really don't see that many um, scenes that are set in the church. So it is it is hard to measure time that way. I mean, it it feels like. I don't know. It's that. That's a great question. Like, what? What is the timeline of this film? Um, I mean, I hmm. feel like. I mean, I feel like there's. They've. They've had to have been Sundays in between. But like, you know, I'm glad they didn't. I mean, I didn't want to be around for every Sunday service. But mm-hmm. it's just like the 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 passages of time and like the 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 uh, the tracking of events. Like, it really, it was mm-hmm. kind of like. I think this was all like in one week. <laughs> Pretty sure. Like I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I think I remember when um let me get his name. Yeah, when um Ted Haynes Sr., our our, our alleged villain, you know, comes sure. to mm-hmm. his his son's, you know, an apartment and I think he says something like Oh, where have you been for the last two weeks or three weeks? Right, and where have you been the last couple of weeks or whatever? It is. Yeah, 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 a couple of weeks. And so, and we've seen them together early in the film, so we know it has to have been since right. then. But then, in, in that time too, he's like, "Oh well, how's how's he going to support you? He he quit his job, you know? Did he tell you that? But but it was enough time for him to then join the military and <laughs> right. um, get ready to be shipped off, and so <laughs> to get um, run over by a truck." I mean, maybe this was like a multiverse movie. Maybe it was like a, an early time time travel, um, you know, thing. And we just, you know, we're just really not giving Leo McCary the credit he deserves as an innovator. <laughs> well, the legacy sequel is going to be the the time traveling, <laughs> time travel, go, go, going my way through the multiverse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, how about? how the church gossip lady is seeing Jean Heather and um, evil guy junior mm-hmm. at the house all the time, staying late. It's obviously coded for like there. He's staying the night and they're like, you know, having the sex. Um, and then father O'Malley goes over there and like this, there's, she's not a part of the church. They don't go there. Like they're just living their lives. And then he like goes over there. He's like, you know, you guys shouldn't really be doing this. <laughs> like that was the message of this movie. Like yeah. this this number one selling movie of 1944 was like, yeah, I should be getting married if you're having sex. <laughs> well, it goes back to what you said. It's all this like if you're if you're not going to church, something's wrong with you. And then because they're you know, like the if Father Fitzgibbon is giving the police officer the things, like, oh, it's been 10 years since you've been to mass, you know, and it's right. sort of like that right. makes you a bad person. There's all this, all this guilt, all this Catholic guilt to get get in the in the church. But yeah, it's like this whole 
Well, I obviously, there's like, there's like, you know, a, like there's good morals and like this religious bent, but like it also kind of felt like, you know, because the year before this is Casablanca. And so, like, I yeah. was really kind of expecting the next couple of movies to be like, have a little bit more gravitas, you know, and have a little bit more mm-hmm. like oomph, you know what I mean? And this really Definitely. kind of feels like, like, the religious right, you know, like the mm-hmm. of the nation of like, like, kind of like pushing against like the way Hollywood was going. And like, there's like this, all this callback to like this, you know, like, um, to the way things were. And like, we need to get back to like the morals of, you know, the way our country was founded or, you know what I mean? Like, just like, it's like a callback to like the last decade, you know what I mean? Like, cause like in the thirties is when there's the, musicals and the you know the 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 capra pictures were really popular in the 30s and i don't know it just kind of felt like a like a reaction maybe to to kind of what was happening and where things were going you know does that make sense yeah it seems sort of like uh you know like this war is still going on we we may not win it you know it's like there's a real mm-hmm. chance of um kind of a last gasp celebration of things that we really cherish type of thing and um so yeah, it's definitely looking back, but then I, I guess, I don't know, Leo McCary and whatnot would be like, yeah, but we got the hip priest, so it's it's different. <laughs> right, like, but it's you know, cool. It's like, it's like this is that this is that New Testament Jack, and um, <laughs> <laughs> but then, I don't, but I, I think also, I mean, it's it's almost a little meta because you know you mentioned earlier about you know Schmaltz like saying like you know this is very sentimental and mm-hmm. the reason that the title song doesn't get sold is because it's considered schmaltzy. You know, it's, it's considered that's <laughs> right. like, it's, and right. they're like, Oh, that's, that's not, that's, that's not what's selling. And so the, the, <laughs> right. the record people are not doing that, but then they hear them right. do the mule and the they're mule. like, Oh, that that's a hit. <laughs> that's going to sell. <laughs> it's going to fly off the, all the kids want that. And uh, so I didn't know if, yeah, I, it, I don't think the movie is smart enough for that to be like, as smart of a commentary as it could have been, but it sort of made me think like, oh, you know, maybe a little bit of a Well, yeah, but not only that, but they also have like this, you know, they shoehorn this like war effort thing. And, and instead of like having him come back injured, like, you know, from like uh, saving three people is because he got like hit by a truck. You know what I mean? Like right. what was the point of shoehorning that stupid thing in there? If you're just going to, you know, have him be like a klutz, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Talking out of both sides of its mouth. Um, I was curious, um, you know, playing the other young priest, um, Father Father Tim. Uh, was this your first experience with Frank McHugh? Frank McHugh. Um, yeah, I don't think I've seen anything else with mm-hmm. with him in it. No. He. Um, so when my late mentor Ken Hankey would show movies for the Asheville Film Society, he would show a lot of old stuff from the 30s and 40s. And he was in a lot of those movies and he often played the heel because he had that laugh that you kind of hear a little bit more towards things like, sort of, ha, ha. you know, it's mm-hmm. a very distinctive, mm-hmm. there's probably a YouTube reel of him just doing that annoying laugh. And um, uh-huh. so I definitely recognized him pretty quickly and i was like oh, when 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 are we going to get this laugh and it's almost like they had pulled it out of him but he still gets a little bit towards the end once he's kind of this mischievous helper for everything he's kind of reveling yeah. in the whole thing you know going the the way that um you know father o'malley wants it to go when he gets more screen time he 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 pops a little bit more because he, yeah. he was kind of there for a little bit in the beginning and then dips out. But yeah, towards the end, you know, I really like, you know, you said like Leo McCary, McRae, McCary, you know, he um, did the Marx Brothers stuff. I know that he was kind of like not responsible, but like was very much in the, in, in like the, the, the sphere of like Laurel and Hardy and things like that. And so like there were, there were several moments in this that very that very much felt because i was raised on like abbott and costello and like the three yeah. stooges and i i kind of got that vibe a little bit at like, different parts mm-hmm. like at the end when they're playing checkers and uh your guy frank McHugh is like kind of like watching watching the two the two fathers play and he's like 
like making like noise like with his song and every time like father fitzgibbon goes to like move a piece he like <laughs> changes the tone of his voice right. and he like moves his hand and like changes it to a different piece and that, that very much felt like a like an abbott and costello routine um there and there, there's just some other like small moments kind of like that 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 felt kind of I liked those. Like I smiled. I liked that because it, it definitely yeah, felt of the era, but it was also like you know, funny and and you know, it just reminded me a lot of 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 that. And I wish, man, I wish there was more of that in this movie. Well, but then um, I, I don't know if you've seen other um, McCary stuff, but um, Make Way for Tomorrow, which was seven years before this, is one of the all-time great heartbreaking films and it's about these um it's this set of grandparents who um have to move out of their house and they end up having to um kind of live separately um with with their children and um it's this really heartbreaking kind of end of um life thing and it was basically remade as um Love is Strange with um, John Lithgow and Alfred Molina oh, um, about, yeah, yeah, about yeah. 10 years ago. It's the same yeah. concept, basically. And and, um, and that, that's one where I feel like McCary is really committing to the, the drama and the heartbreak. He's not really trying to lighten things up too much. And so it's like... Was when, when there he, a gay couple in McCary's movie? Because that would be... No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's, it's, that was just the, the updated version. They were like... <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I okay. think Iris Axe was like, yeah, how can I kind of take that concept and make it modern and right. new? And so, yeah. Right. And also, like, really piss off Leo McCary, because I'm sure that's not what he wanted to happen. Um, uh, so, no, I, I've actually, this is my first Leo McCary film. Okay. Um, but, you know, I mean, I know he was, like, you know, kind of ran the table a little bit, like, in the 30s and 40s, because I've, you know, I've heard of... Yeah you know, and I fail to remember and, and, and things like that. Like I, you know, he, he, his films, you know, I've, I've heard of them, you know, which is saying something. Cause a lot of these directors from the thirties and forties. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But you know, I have a lot of blind spots. So what am I? <laughs> okay. So I know that that Popeye, the cartoon had like a couple of shorts, like in 1933, every time that Barry Fitzgerald as father Fitzgibbons, uh, I kept time waiting for him to be like, like he sounded like Papa. Like I don't know, well, it looks like, like I, him too. I know, and I was like, I did research, and I was like, wait, is this who Popeye is like modeled after? Um, but Popeye came before this, so that went my okay. theory. But like maybe Father Fitzgibbon's like maybe he's a little more Popeye, you know? Like, I don't know. <laughs> It's like a reverse of um, Clark Gable and Bugs Bunny, and it happened right. one night exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely thought I was I had like a, that kind of like aha moment, but uh, it wasn't true. But when are we going to normalize getting booze in a music box? Because that's pretty pretty great. <laughs> Is that still a thing? I've never seen that. I'm, yeah, I, so. I mean, girls get their jewelry boxes with the ballerina spinning. <laughs> like, why can't the boys just get their booze box with a, <laughs> with a little Irish tune? <laughs> yeah, nice glassware and the, um, yeah. How I mean, did did he say like he only brought it out like at Christmas or that it was he only it, gets or... he I think he only got he gets a bottle every Christmas and so he has to make okay. it last okay. and that's why whenever he poured he poured himself a drink he'd pour him a lot and he had to pour Bing a drink and he pour him just like he'd be like <laughs> okay all right and he like just do a tiny little bit. Just a nip. <laughs> yeah, just a nip. Which is like more of that like that like, you know, Stooges kind of type type stuff that, that I really liked. I also really like that Father O'Malley, like as the story goes, like we haven't even talked about the story, but like, you know, as the story goes, Bing Cosby, like, you know, he saves the town, he saves the church. Also, okay, here's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, I saw I saw you post this earlier. But, yeah. Okay, so he, him and Father Father Fitzgibbon are talking about like they've saved you know they've saved they've raised the money they sold the song they're able to pay all the the back taxes or back you know on the on the um, on the church so they're they're not in threat of being closed down anymore and then 
he wants Fitzgibbon to like take a break and like go see his mom in Ireland or whatever. And he's like, well, Fitzgibbon's like, well, what'll happen to the church? And he's like, we'll be fine. He's like, and he's like, I have a, I have a really good plan for if anything else, if, if anything else happens. And then the next, and then like they get interrupted and they're like, the church is on fire. And like, it was literally back to back. And I'm yeah. just like, Father O'Malley committed insurance fraud. Firebug. <laughs> yeah, he burned the church down to get the insurance money to build a new church. Like this is you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, you know, it's like uh it's like a lot of houses in, in Nashville these days. It's just better to knock them down and start over again. So <laughs> you know, they set it up in the first scene. It's like, yeah, this, you know, they, it needs a what a furnace. It, need, like it needs, a, needs a paint job. Yeah, it needed yeah. all these things. So and then like he said, a, he literally said, I have a plan to take care of everything. Those are his exact words. I have a plan to take care of everything. Take, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's like, he's like the Catholic fixer. You know, he goes in and he goes to these different parishes and he fixes them. You know, he's like a, like a mob guy, but you know, his father O'Malley. Yeah. It's a uh, Winston O'Malley. <laughs> um, a lot of singing, a lot of singing. We have like a Carmen interlude. We get a lot of that. Right. Yeah, do, yeah. do you feel, I mean, I love musicals and even like Same. in these early, earlier movies, like, you know, there, there's some like terrible, like, like the great Zegfeld. It's like, oh my God. But then there's like one musical scene that's like, this is pretty good. <laughs> so mm -hmm. do you, did you like the music in this movie? Did you, was it fine with you? Um, I mean, I, I liked, um, the goat or, or, or yeah, was it, no, sorry, I'm, I'm losing my mind. The mule? Um, the mule. Yeah. I liked the mule. Yeah. Cause I, I'm familiar with that song and it's kind of just mm -hmm. a, a funny thing and it's very catchy, but yeah, everything, everything was a little too operatic. It was too yeah. slow and melodramatic. And, right. Um, so it, it really took until then it's like, and then. Even the, the the title song, it's like I like the sentiment behind it. I, I like I like the lyrics, but you know, when, right. once you, um, I don't know, once, once someone's going to jazz it up a little bit and um, speed up the tempo, I'm yeah, I'm I'm not really down with. I guess I guess I'm I'm okay with Father O'Malley as a songwriter, but maybe not a, a ranger. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Well, the thing is, it was so distracting for me because going my way is very similar to Frank Sinatra's "I Did It My Way." And I kept wanting the song to go in that tone and that melody and <laughs> that cadence. And they kept like the, and I don't know what like the measure is or whatever, but the song that being sings is like the, the going my way song. It's like, it's a really weird, like the lyrics and the like measure of the song, like they don't match. Like it's not, it's not on, I don't know. I'm not a musician, so I don't know how to, how to explain it, but like it was very distracting. I was like, "This is this is not the right way to sing this song." I don't know what it is, but this isn't the way. <laughs> no, I was I was I was glad that that wasn't the song that was picked up. It would have been like, yeah. right, right. Come on, yeah. look, get let's get the mule out here. <laughs> um, so Bing, and then the girl that you know saves the day, the girl that we see seeing the Carmen stuff, and. She buys the song and sings it at the Met for the for the people. Obviously, like Bing Crosby and this lady knew each other. It seemed like they were like he was like courting her, maybe. That's how and I they were like it. writing letters, but like that's how I read it. But it's like it didn't really seem like maybe they were like dating or like had been intimate. I think it was just like he was maybe like pursuing her while she traveled the world. I don't know. It was it was their relationship was very weird to me. Yeah, it was. I think my reading was that they were romantically involved, and that it was. Um, and then he suddenly just had this awake, you know, this religious awakening, and they didn't really go into it. I think that was another missed opportunity was to be like, well, like, why did you really go into the priesthood? It would just, it just sort of seemed like. He, he did it. I don't think there was ever really a flat out explanation for it. Cause they like running each other on the street and she invites him into the Met to watch her performance. And so she's like changing in the other room and getting ready and they're talking through the door. So she doesn't see his priest collar and all that. Right. And then she walks out and sees the priest collar and you think she's going to have like this crestfallen, like 
Oh, but she's like had like this huge radiant smile and is like, yeah. well, of course you're a priest. You know what I mean? So like there's I mean, there's no love lost, but but it's like I don't know. I don't know. It just didn't yeah. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird for me. Yeah, that, that part was weird, but it's like he had sent her all these messages, you know, all, all these all this mail like as, as she went around the world and I was sort of um, like to, to me that was I thought those were love letters and that it was sort of like they had this thing and then um and then yeah he then he sent that one letter that apparently didn't get to her that was explaining that he had joined right oh you didn't get the most important one and so she was just sort of you know traveling the world and didn't really have a way to get in touch with them or anything and i guess she she you know as as a lady she wouldn't be doing that because she's not the pursuer he he is and um yeah that was honestly my reading but then her yeah her quick acceptance i don't know i think that's just part of the um you know um uh priest you know pro pro priest um out, out <laughs> right. of, you know, uh, right. yeah very pro priest <laughs> pro priest uh, um yeah it's just you know that it you know like it sets up these these big kind of like dramatic moments and then they get resolved like instantaneously so it's like there's there wasn't a whole lot of room for these these things to breathe even like these you know the the kids the fada <laughs> those, those like really um you know muskratty kids the the rapscallions you know which i loved the way that they were talking the entire yeah, time it was just like sure. calling the father's father and like doing the whole like old time like yeah she <laughs> it's like, like we get it they're yeah. like naughty kids <laughs> but like you know you would think that there was like going to be some more tension there and like and it just gets resolved like right away and they turn into like these like lovely little choir boys and it's just like yeah. There's not even like give me like a montage or something, you know. It it really does seem like I think we keep coming back to just it being a product of the times. It's almost like this fantasy of enough in the world right now. Let's just have these right. kind of very manageable conflicts and everybody gets along and there's you know, there's there's no enemies and even when people are kind of butting heads, it's really just because they disagree as as um right. As Father Fitzgibbon says, he's he's like I I don't dislike anyone, you know. I just I just disagree Mm -hmm. with your Mm -hmm. whippersnapper methods and all that. So it it, it's very much like a you know a a fantasy kumbaya world. I think that that they're trying to record it. Yeah, and you know we we didn't live through that time. You know, I don't know if that really. I mean, like you say, box office king must have been cathartic for um, yeah for the audiences at the time too. Yeah, no, and I get that. And like, you know, once once I kind of settled into it, like I I did like this movie. I thought it was I thought I think it's good, not great. Um, I think I ended up giving it like three three and a half out of five. Same. Um, you know, above average. I think it was a little bit too, you know, saccharine, a little too Frank Capra y. And then, you know, like a lot of these, you know, this the narrative, you know, anything that drove the narrative was, you know, very you know, paper thin. Um, but, <clears throat> but I did, I did enjoy Bing's singing and, you know, I, I really like Barry Fitzgerald in it. Um, you know, and I thought, I thought the ending, you know, like I, you know, they, they, they could have ended it a hundred different ways, but I, I enjoyed the ending right. and Bing got to ride off into the sunset and um, have like a touching moment. And, and, you know, the old man who we all love got to see his mom. <clears throat> and I, I just think that, you know, I think there's, you know, probably a lot of better movies that came out this year, but I think that this is kind of like what you were saying. Like, this is the movie that, yeah. you know, what this is what they needed, you know? Um, so, did I read right that Barry Fitzgerald was nominated for actor and supporting yeah. actor? <laughs> This is the first and only year it ever happened uh, because of the different rules. I guess I guess the way that people could vote. Okay. Um, so he was nominated for this role of Father Fitzgibbon as both the lead actor and supporting. Wow. <laughs> um, he he and he won for supporting um, this year. But yeah, like really strange. First and only year, you know, they changed it right away. They're like, "Oops, <laughs> well, no, no." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they like we've seen that there have been other episodes where we talked about something happened to like yeah we can't let that happen again <laughs> um yeah they're still they're getting their hang they're getting the hang of it 1944 like last the year before 1943 they're starting like 
inviting people and like it was televised and this year it was like on ABC and nice. So yeah, the Oscars are definitely finding their footing as far as like just selling them selling themselves as like an actual award show. This is the first year of the Golden Globes too. Okay. So they had a little bit of competition. And some of the people the Golden Globes were before this and so some of these people had already won and were, and then like that kind of like helped figure out like people that were, you know, gonna maybe I'll actually win the Oscar. I won the Golden Globe and things like that. Right. Um but going back to going my way, I mean, I, I like I said before, I liked it. It's 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 a, you know it's a good. I I can see, you know, at the time how, you know, they were kind of like shirking away gaslight and double indemnity, and they're like, let's go, let's do, you know, mm-hmm. the nice one, the good one, you know, the <clears throat> the musical with you know being you know it's huge, you know, like you know this was the number one seller because you know the soundtrack that you know this was selling like hotcakes too is playing all over the radio. All these mm-hmm. you know different songs from this movie really helped the the box office numbers but you know overall though what what were you what did you think um yeah i think we're very similar in this um i i wouldn't disagree with anything you said yeah just just feels um it's a, it's a, it's a surprising best picture winner i think until you kind of look at the context of 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 the time right. and um you know, you, you kind of see that later too I, I remember um in college we would our honors program we would have kind of an oscars special um where we would all pre- predict who was going to win and the film mm-hmm. teachers would come and kind of talk through the ballot with us and um i remember 2003 yeah when it was um chicago and um you know lord of the rings gang gangs new york that yeah. kind of thing and i remember mm-hmm. professor nyer saying like well you know we're at war right now. You know, the second Iraq war had started and she's like, you know, during wartime, do you think people want, you know, a, a musical or do they want, you know, a movie about fighting? And then, mm-hmm. you know, sure enough, Chicago goes on and wins. <laughs> you know, I think mm-hmm. there's, there's something to that, I think in terms of, mm-hmm. like you said, give, giving the people what, what they want, even if it maybe doesn't age so well, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, um, it is surprising. I mean, there's some good songs. I mean, Bing Bing is you know he's 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 a delight. No, no matter where where you mm-hmm. see him, I don't I don't think I've seen a bad Bing Crosby film yet. I'm sure there's one out there. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. and it um you know an- answered a long time uh, question I had, which was uh, I don't remember in Departed when uh, Alec Baldwin's character is kind of going through the. Jack Nicholson's gang and um, one of the yeah one one of the gangsters' mothers they 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 show on the slideshow and he goes she's straight out of going my way and I was like what does that mean you know what does I, that mean <laughs> right and I guess now it's sort of like the you know um, busybody um, I, right. Irish woman that gets kicked out. That that's who I'm imagining. It's just sort of this kind of hard hard right, gravel right, right. um textbook Irish <laughs> mom. <I guess> <laughs> that's funny. Actually, now that you say that, I totally remember that line. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, it was I think I was glad to just know what this movie was about because I really didn't. I had no idea. I think I knew it was being, being a priest, but I yeah. you know it was Leo McCary. I didn't know there would be any comedic elements to it i wasn't even sure if there was going to be mm-hmm. music in it i thought either maybe it was either all music or it was i don't yeah. know or, or it was kind of a straight drama I, I honestly was not expecting comedy yeah yeah it you know it, i don't even know if i would classify this as a musical i, I mean no, there's no. definitely music in it but but you know this movie was it was nominated for 10 academy awards this year it won seven like it was like a huge juggernaut you know, Bing Crosby won for um, his role. Barry Fitzgerald won for his role. Um, and then Leo won writing, directing, and producing. First one to win three awards for the same movie. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, it is it is what it is. You know, it, 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 did, it did what it did. And... <laughs> You know, and but you know, you you see that throughout the years. Like you're just talking about Chicago, and you know, you know, Coda, and you know, the, you know, the, sometimes these movies win. You know, the crowd pleasing 
ones win. Uh, more power to it. Um, <laughs> this was uh, one of the first films, you know, where the box office was kind of attributed to, like I said before, to the the song and the soundtrack, the swinging, swinging on a star uh, was one of the biggest hits of Crosby's like entire career. Um, also nominated this year was Double Indemnity, um, Gaslight, the the remake of Gaslight, um, Since You Went Away, and Wilson, the the Daryl F. Zanuck. And then um, Since You Went Away was the David O. Selznick one. That's David O. Selznick is the guy with the wind guy. I had that wrong earlier. Um, but um, but yeah, I think I think that's I think that's all I had. I think. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like I was going somewhere with something, and then I just completely lost it. But I think, I don't know. yeah, I, th- I think we've we've used the phrase go- "going some way" several times during this review <laughs> without really meaning to. So I think it sort of wormed its way into our brains, much like <laughs> audiences in in the mid nineteen forties. Uh oh, I was gonna say. So this movie has a sequel. <laughs> Whoa. Um, okay. And it's called the Bells of Saint Mary. Oh, okay. And if and it's and it's it's Father O'Malley and then like a nun, and they like you know save a school and like an orphanage or something. But Leo McCary also wrote and directed. It also the Bells of Saint Mary was nominated for Best Picture okay. um, in a couple of years, and it was like had other nominations. And then Leo McCary did the, the Love Affair in 1939. Um. And that was nominated for six Oscars, including Best Picture. And then he went and directed a sequel to Love Affair called An Affair to Remember. <laughs> and with like Cary Grant. And that was also nominated for like four Academy Awards. So like Academy loved themselves yeah. some Liam Crary. Um, and people liked working with him. Here's but that the, was, you know. The rock powered of his time. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's you know it's Capra esque and like those those, it plays, man, it plays. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Give them the hits. All right, well, that's it. That's it for the this week. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week talking with Will Johnson again as we're going to talk about the Lost Weekend, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Going through this, so I would suggest finding that and watching it along if you want to watch that film and be ready for. You can rent it on Amazon for a couple of bucks. You can find the show on Twitter at WinnerWasPod on Facebook and the Winner Was Podcast. I'm on Letterboxd. Joel Winstead, find me over there. Email the show. Please tell me what you think. WinnerWasPodcast at gmail.com. Um, Edwin, where can we find you and your work? Uh, head over to AshevilleMovies.com. And um, Jim and I also recently launched our Substack, which is um, there's a link um over there but also you can just go direct to ashfilmmovies.substack.com subscribe and you'll be very happy you will be and like i said i always say it when you guys are on it's not just for Asheville natives this is just movie talk good stuff good content lots going on you might even find something from me over there every once in a while it's true um big thanks to casey townsend for the intro and outro music you can find him at waterwaymusicnc.com and if you can find it in your heart this father, Fitzgibbon, would greatly appreciate um, to review, rate, subscribe, um, show a little love to the podcast. Um, that's it for me this week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.